This is Birth Confidential with TJ. Thanks for checking out Birth Confidential. This is going to be the second to last episode of season one. I've got some really exciting things coming in season two that I think you're really going to love. So if you get a chance, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps for others to find it when you do that. I really appreciate it. This episode is with Shannon. She's part of the duo Haley and Michaels, and she talks about being pregnant with her first baby, the unknowns of COVID, and also shares what it was like being in the UK pregnant getting ready to play C2C when it gets canceled, and rumors a travel band was coming. She also shared what it was like watching her siblings birth as young as the age of eight. She has a beautiful birth story that you're really going to love. I'm in a duo called Haley and Michaels and uh, with my husband, Ryan. And so Ryan and I met in actually a pretty crazy story. We grew up three miles apart from each other in Northern California, but we didn't meet until we were both in Nashville. And um, when we, we met and put the pieces together, we found out that we went to the same, you know, breakfast places, all, all of these misconnections. I used to buy my sheet music for the piano from his family owned music store from his grandma and just never met him. And crazy. Um, it was crazy. And we met out here just through a guitar player that we were both playing with. And uh, he connected us and really the rest is history. We started writing and singing together and we started our duo first and Ryan was, you know, he felt like he knew there would be more, but it kind of freaked me out that he knew that so early. Yeah. You mean, you know, um, and I loved making music with him so much that I didn't want it to like get ruined by a relationship. <laughs> um, fair. That's fair. But he was right and I was wrong. So there you go. Um, so yeah, then we ended up getting engaged and married and baby. It's just, we met in 2011, which is crazy. So yeah, it's been a while, years, almost 10 years, but it, it does fly. It feels like it was just, you know, a couple of years ago. Were you guys planning on having a baby at a certain time? Because you're on the road a lot. On the road, it's I hard know. to plan that. I mean, no one could have planned for COVID, but you know, there's downtime there. So we knew we wanted to have kids for sure. And it started kind of, as you said, it's, you, you try to plan it, but you know, this industry and this career, it's got a way of just, you pour yourself into it. And mm-hmm. there's always a next step that's exciting and that you need to show up for. And the next thing you know, you look up and years have gone by and um, yeah. there didn't look like there was going to be a break for us. It just kept getting busier and busier, um, which was great. But I got to a point, you know, for myself where I felt like, Hey, there's never going to be a window for us where it slows down and we see that perfect time. So I felt like we just have to do it and make it work. And a lot of, um, artists have been inspirations for me, just seeing how, you know, Rachel Platten and, you know, Carrie Underwood had, they were really open about their journey with having babies and making it work with their career. And it's like, you just figure it out. And so we took that approach. I didn't expect to get pregnant as, as soon as I did at the end of 2019, I just opened my mind to it and kind of just asked that this little soul would come to us whenever, you know, he or she would be ready and that we were ready. And really within a couple months in January, I was pregnant. So that was November. And then in January, (laughs) I was pregnant. (laughs) Nice. So that would have been January, 2020. 
then I guess. 2020. Yes. And I, I found out in a really crazy way. We had a show in Charleston and I got really sick and I had like 103 fever. Like it started in my chest. Normally things start in my throat, but it was in my chest. I remember so clearly feeling like there's something wrong. And, um, it got so bad, like overnight that I went into a walk-in clinic and they tested me for the flu. They were like, just let's do a urine sample. They didn't really say why they were just like, let's just get, you know, a bunch of different tests to be safe. And I found out later they were just trying to figure out, could I be pregnant? Cause they had asked. And I said, I doubt it. I mean, I wouldn't know at this point, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess it's possible. So anyway, they come, they did the flu test and they came back in. I'm like shivering, you know, with a fever and she comes back and she's like, well, you tested negative for the flu, but you're pregnant. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? I came in just because I have the flu or probably COVID yeah. actually looking back. Um, yeah, cause they weren't you know. testing for COVID back then. No, it, we didn't know it was here at that point. So I look back at my pregnancy journal and I'm like, you know what? These symptoms really line up. So crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so January of 2020, we found out and, and had no idea that what was about to happen, right? For the rest of yeah. the pregnancy. How did you tell Ryan? Did you call him right away or he was in the room with me because he oh, went, he was, yeah. yeah, which was crazy. He was just like sitting in a chair and I will never forget his face. It was like this, this shock, but smile, you know, he was happy, but he was also in shock. And then he asked the nurse, can I hug her? Oh, like, <laughs> cute. Yeah. That's sweet, but... How long did y'all wait till you told people? We waited until I was, I think 10 weeks because we, we're heading out to the UK and in March to play C to C the country music festival. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we wanted to tell like our close friends and family before that trip. Um, where, and I hit 12 weeks on that trip. So, yeah. Did you make it to C to C because they canceled, ended up canceling parts we, of it. It was, it was crazy. So we went out early because we have a band that we put together in London. And so, mm-hmm. and while we were there, everything started to, you know, hit. And I remember so clearly that Eric church, like we were literally waiting. I think the festival was waiting. Everyone was waiting to find out, is this going to happen or not? But I remember that Eric had been to Germany as a part of the festival, but because of the travel ban, um, like we got word the day before that he, it didn't make sense because he wasn't going to be able to get back. So once the headliners, weren't able to make it happen. I think the festival just decided it doesn't make sense. And then of course, for the safety of everybody at that time. So we were like the only American act that was left <laughs> because we were out there early. And so yeah. we ended up performing on BBC uh, radio too, as a cool thing. And so it was awesome, but looking back, I can't, it's, it was so much happening being pregnant, you know, I had morning sickness like all day and then trying to figure out, is this concert happening or not? Or is it, you know, so you must have made it right back home right before the travel ban. Exactly. We um as soon as we saw that it was happening, I think at first it was happening everywhere, but I had a feeling we're like we just feel like we need to change our tickets cuz we were planning on being there like a couple more weeks. Um and yeah. so we changed our ticket. I feel like right in time and got back, but wow. yeah, it was it was crazy. Did they make you quarantine when you got back? You know they didn't, but we, we did anyway, just because we wanted to and being pregnant, I kind of took the approach of, I just felt like we didn't know very much, you know, because it was so new. So I just, we were like, let's just play it on the safe side, given that there's a lot of unknowns. So 
But so, I remember flying back and landing and everyone's like, by the way, there's no toilet paper. So I hope you have toilet paper at your house because you can't find any anywhere. Oh in gosh, all of you're your right. There, it's gone. You can't find it on Costco. You can't find it anywhere. <laughs> Can you imagine landing and people being like, sorry, like, welcome to America. We don't have toilet paper here. That's the first thing we heard. <laughs> oh my God. We got lucky in that regard because- for whatever reason. And I'm not like a hoarder by any means. Like I didn't have any hand sanitizer. I didn't have any Lysol wipes or anything like that. But for whatever reason, every time I went to the store, I would just buy toilet paper and I'd put it in the closet. So we never ran out. Your intuition, you knew. (laughs) I know. I'm like, so when did I become a toilet paper hoarder? It just was never an issue. But being pregnant with a virus where nobody knows what's going on, like, are you freaking out and having anxiety about what happens if you get it. Because I feel like a lot of people who are at C2C came home Mm -hmm. with the virus. With the virus, for sure. Someone in our band got it, you know, and we were careful. I would say we, again, like we proceeded with caution, like ahead of time, even though people were saying, you know, masks don't help at that point. And we were like still wearing them for the most part. Um, Just again, because we didn't know. And I just didn't want to risk it with anything, um, mm-hmm. baby, because right. You're thinking about this now. It's not just me. It's, it's my baby. And I it feel like I was making choices for both. Yeah. Of so, um, but yeah, I had a lot of anxiety about it. And then once we came back, we just stayed in really for the most, for most of the pregnancy, um, in some ways, a silver lining for us is that we had been gone so much. We were on the road. Yeah full-on radio tour, um, for the past, for the whole year before. And so it was in some ways nice to be in one place, but it was sad to be in one place and not to be able to see anyone and not to be, it was just a dark time in the world. I think everyone was having a really hard time with it. You know, did you already have things blocked out because you were pregnant or did you have to cancel a bunch of stuff? We had to cancel a bunch. Um, we Mm, were going to be launching, yeah, launching a single at the ACMs that year at the radio remotes. And, um, we had planned to be back in the UK, um, for a festival in September and just things that we were going to figure out, but it ended up, and, and I laughed because the September one, I ended up having Kira two weeks early. So that wouldn't oh. have been good. Oh, that would not have been good. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. true. We'd be having a whole different conversation about how you had a baby on an airplane. Going the, exactly. I would be the airplane <laughs> lady. Yes. <laughs> So I guess then everything shuts down. So Ryan probably couldn't go with you to most of your appointments. I know that was hard, especially, um, they, they did let him into the ultrasounds, which I really appreciated. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. the special moment of, mm-hmm. you know, and I think for him, it became real in that moment, seeing her move. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, the other appointments, he wasn't able to come in. And at some point too, they were, I know that I think it was New York had like this period of time where they weren't letting anyone into the birthing room except for, and it, that, and then didn't last long, but it was really scary to think, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what no. do you mean? I'm not doing this by myself, you know, and Hell no. like so much respect and like admiration for women that do have to do it alone. You yeah. know, that's in- incredible, but it I could me. not have. Yes. It, no, no, no way. I mean, I guess I, I shouldn't say I couldn't have because 
if I had to, I would have. probably would have, but like. <laughs> the baby's got to come out. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I would very much prefer not to. Not to do it. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. did you find out the sex of the baby as soon as you could? Yeah, or do we like a that- gender reveal or anything? We did. We found out as soon as we could. Um, we didn't do a gender reveal because I was trying to figure out. I, I guess we could have done it over zoom or something, but yeah. we just didn't, we found out. And, um, I did, I did surprise my family with little like fortune cookies. Um, and in the middle, we had it written on the fortune that like, you know, baby Michael's do October, 2020, but she came in September, but, um, but so we did like a little fun thing that oh. found out right away. Ryan felt like he knew she was Ryan said, he's like, we don't even need to get the testing. I know that she's a girl and he also predicted her due date which ended up being a little off so it was weird he's like yeah, he has I'm like, what intuition else? I, know. What? I know what else do you know tell me what else you know about life <laughs> His intuition is crazy it is <laughs> wow when people think about having babies you talk to your friends or whatever you watch movies and you have this idea of what you want your birth to be does it match up with what's happening now in the pandemic or do you have to change everything yeah, this is a great question. I, you know, I thought a lot about different options. You know, I felt like I felt most comfortable in a hospital. I've always, I saw my younger siblings, they're much younger than me. So I saw them be born. I was like mm-hmm. at birth and it was in a hospital. So I think that that, like, I felt comfortable because that was the template set for me, the home birth. I know it's like amazing for some women, but for me, it made me more nervous. So mm-hmm. with COVID, I had questions like, again, are they going to let a support person in? Are we going to have to wear masks? But, um, luckily, you know, Ryan was able to be there. We did not have to wear masks at like giving birth. That would be, okay. I mean, again, we would have done it, but it would have been, I think, hard to breathe, you know, I thought so too, but I've talked to so many women that had to have babies in masks and it was fine. Right. They just figured it out, but I would have felt really weird about it. The idea of it feels, um, like restricting in some way, but probably you just forget (laughs) that it's there because let's be honest, there's a lot more going. Yeah. Nobody Nobody cares about anything else when you're having a baby. That's true. I did. I had thought a lot about like, do I want to try, you know, medication free birth? Do I want to have an epidural? And I really, I went in just very open. I decided that I just want to like, try, I wanted to try it at first. I didn't want to get an epidural right away. I wanted to feel the experience. I wanted to be able to move around. I did Lamaze classes. I wanted to, you know, at least for the front part of it. And then I, you know, felt like I would just be intuitive about the rest. Um, and I'm really glad that I, that I did that and that I didn't get too glued to one thing because, it ended up being totally different than I expected anyway. So you as, know. It is, as, yes. it is, as it is, as it is, it is. Did you take yeah. Lamaze classes in person or did you have to do them online? We did them online. We did like yeah. Zoom groups in ones. It's not interesting. It was, it was funny. We took hypnobirthing. Oh, how was that? I was, I, I to try that. I thought I wasn't going to be able to get an epidural. So I was like, whatever I got to do yeah. to try to get through it. And for me, I thought hypnobirthing would be the most... Yeah. Well, easiest for me, I guess mm-hmm. like the breathing thing wasn't my jam. The hypnobirthing was pretty cool. It was almost like meditation. Mm. Like the classes were super random because we're all like in the dark with these random couples and 
I love it. You have to get comfy and cozy with your partner and like, I'm falling asleep. Um, That's awesome though. The meditation I had read a little and it looked amazing. Um, And you do kind of get into the zone during birth. So I think that having those tools must've been great. Um, I still even use those tools when I have insomnia and I can't sleep. That's good that you're very like open to whatever and, and had some ideas, but she came early. So you went into labor yeah, on so your own. I actually ended up getting induced because, um, so I started measuring, everything was going great, but I started measuring small, like a little small, um, at 32 weeks, like only one centimeter. And so she, my doctor was like, I'm not too concerned. Let's get an ultrasound just to be sure. And everything looked fine. She's like, she's like around the fifth, you know, 40 something percentile. We don't get nervous unless it's like under 10. You're totally fine. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're just small with each visit though. I kept measuring like a little bit smaller than the last time. And so Mm -hmm. she had me go in to get an ultrasound. I'll never forget. It was on a Friday and I go in and they, um, I get a call like later that afternoon and the doctors, uh, the nurse is like, we want you to come back in on Monday. And I'm like, Hmm, that's, (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what that means. And so then, you know, they called and asked if I had questions over the weekend. I'm like, I have a million questions, of course, but essentially they told me I had low amniotic fluid and that I needed to try to just hydrate as much as possible. So they're like, have like a gallon of water every two hours or something. So it was like so much water, so much water. I mean, I was basically just like peeing all weekend, like just drinking water, um, (laughs) to see if it helped. And so I go in on Monday with Ryan and they can't really tell you that much like the stenographer. And so, um, you know, she was just like, do you have your bag packed? You know, your hospital backpack. I'm like, um, yeah, we do. Okay. And she's like, well, I think they're going to go ahead and be giving you a call, like probably within the, you know, the next hour, like they'll let you know what they think. So we had an idea. So we went in early, they called and they were like, yep, we want you to come get induced at 5 PM. She's fallen to like below the 13th percentile, um, wick drop. So it was scary just to think that she wasn't getting what she, cause that's like the amniotic fluid is the nutrition that they need. Right. And yeah. so we went in and it was 20, 27 hours of labor, but a lot of it was just because my body wasn't ready to have her. And they gave me the, you know, all the induction stuff. And I ended up having a reaction to the medication where my contractions were coming like every minute and a half. And I remember feeling like it got into like you know, kind of intense labor. I was, I was moving around and really enjoyed like being mobile. Mm -hmm. But, um, at one point Ryan was just having to like help with my lower back and like Mm -hmm. put his hands in my back. And it was every minute and a half. And I was like, okay, I can do it as long as he's got his hands in my back. And so I think that it had been around like 17 hours at that point. And I remember that, they were going to check me to see how dilated I was. And I told Ryan, I'm like, okay, if I'm like a five, I feel like I can keep going, you know, five or above. And they came in and they're like, this is so great. Yay. You're one and a half. I'm like, I, 
I'm like, I can't, I need an epidural. Like we have to get to 10 people. Like she's like, yeah, you've had a reaction to this. You're having, you know, fast contractions. She's like, they are going to get worse. Like this isn't, you know, so I decided to do it. And I'm really glad that I did. It was the right thing for me at that time. And, you know, I wasn't expecting to be like completely numb. So that was, I mean, I knew it, but I didn't expect, Mm. didn't love that um, at first, but ended up kind of getting used to it. And by the point in time, like later, I, I loved the experience. Could great. you tell when the epidural needed to, when they needed to push their, click their little button and more epidural needed to come? Could you tell when you got to that point? Yeah, I could. And I, I also, it was interesting at first I was worried, like, was it too much? Like I hated not being able to feel my legs. Like I was mm-hmm. really freaked out that I would be like that I was in a position that might be uncomfortable for me, but that I wouldn't know it because I couldn't feel my legs. And yeah. I was also calculating in my mind. I'm like, it took me 18 hours to get to one and a half. So that's 180 more hours to get to it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they're you not going to let me be here for 180 yeah. hours. Um, but, but then at one point, yeah, it was like not working on one side. And so I, they gave me a little button and, um, like I used it a little, uh, a couple times. Um, which I loved and who knows if it was mental or not, but they moved the monitor over to me so that I could like watch her contractions. And they're like, just look and listen to the heartbeat, watch the contractions that you're not feeling. And it'll put you in a zone of, you know, yeah. So that was interesting. It's so interesting. The different experiences that women have, because nobody ever showed me a contraction monitor, but I didn't know Like I thought that when they give you an epidural, it just lasts until it wears off. I didn't know that there was like a little button you could push (laughs) and then it just keeps coming. Gotta keep it going. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea. So, and I mean, I had a baby at 39 years old. So I'm like, how do I not know these things? (laughs) And I do remember like getting to the point where she was being born that it was wearing off, but it wasn't painful, but I could start to feel Yes. Things. And thank goodness that I could, because I don't, I would have had to go into for an emergency C-section if I wouldn't have been able to feel anything. I totally agree with you. And you know what? I had the same exact situation that, um, and that was my favorite part of the whole birth is Mm -hmm. when it wore off a little, um, where my legs weren't completely numb. Like I could feel pressure when it felt like I needed to push. Um, but I was, it wasn't like, pain, like stabbing pain, you know, but it was like, I could feel enough. Um, and I feel the same way. I think I would have had to get a C-section if I hadn't had some feeling. So, yeah. I mean, they used the vacuum three times to try to get her out. She was, the baby was was not coming. She's like, Um, no, I don't want to do it. Was there anything during pregnancy or even like the birth that you were surprised by? Yeah. I was surprised that, I mean, it took, I kind of did expect that it would take a while to, to, get things going. But, um, once they were moving, like, and my, my water broke, um, they kept losing her heartbeat. And that Mm -hmm. was really scary because it's like the monitor would be like, and you would see that flat line and it's the scary. Yeah. So they kind of, they were constantly coming back in, um, checking, checking. And then at one point she said to me, okay, so a couple things, one, she's either having, you know, a hard time struggling with the labor. And they did warn me because she was small, um, that that might happen because I guess that's just kind of when you're not, you know, she was five pounds, 10 ounces. So they're like, she might have a hard time with labor. 
you know, so just to put that in your mind, if that's the case, we'll do a C-section. So I was really hoping to avoid that. Um, if possible, I was open again. I'm like this, obviously what matters to me is what's best for the baby. And she's like, either that's the thing or labor's moving really quickly and she's just changing positions. And so we're Mm. literally not fine. Like we have to keep readjusting the monitor. So every time they readjusted the monitor, they did find it again. Um, but so it turns out that it was happening really quickly. And once I got the epidural and um, they had put a little balloon in my cervix, which I also wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um, so they like fill it up with fluid to help it help it dilate. And then once it comes out, that means you're like five centimeters. So they pulled the balloon oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting, right? Yeah, I never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, to get it in was really kind of painful. Like that was like one of the most painful, painful parts of it. But then once it was there, yes, yeah, so I guess it just like helps things move more quickly. Oh, and, um, so they pulled out the balloon and then basically at that point it happened really quickly. Like within, I think two hours, I was at 10, like just, mm-hmm. and the nurse was like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting this. So she turned off the Pitocin, called the doctor. The doctor's like, I'm not there right now. So she, she was like coming in the way. And now looking back, like I was feeling that kind of like, you know, a ton of bricks, that feeling of yeah. like, but I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that meant I was supposed to be pushing. I didn't know that was like, I'm look back. I'm like, should I have said something? <laughs> like, I think I'm supposed to be pushing the baby out, but, um, so that was, I mean, I guess that was surprising is just to be losing her heart rate, not knowing what that meant. See, but the nurses were so great. They were so calm. And so yeah. they were explaining everything to me and I didn't, feel like I was panicking because of the way that they handled it. And then the other surprising thing is that given how long the labor took, I didn't know what to expect with pushing. And with like the first push, you could see her head, like the very first. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really surprising. I think, I think that process took like 20 minutes for me, which was awesome, but surprising. I didn't know. I thought it could be hours, you know, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I know. It's just, it's such a miracle. It really is. I told my husband, I was like, it doesn't matter what I do for the rest of my life. Like I made a human. This was the most important thing that we ever could have done ever. Right. Like I I made a person. It's crazy. And did you have this experience? Like the moment that she was born and like cried and looked around the room and she was so alert and like, just, it was so strange for me to think, first of all, it's really hard being born as a baby. I'm thinking, yeah, look at how much has just changed for them. They were just in this very comfortable, dark space with, you know, and all of a sudden they're breathing, they're crying, they're seeing everything at once. But also it was weird for me to think she was literally this person, but inside of me, like one second ago, like this was her in here. Wasn't she bored? Like, what was she doing? You know, (laughs) I know exactly. I know. I know. I I tell Millie all the time. I'm like, yeah, I used to be in mommy's tummy. And she's like, why did you eat me? (laughs) Millie is so hilarious. She Mm -hmm. thinks of things like a 13 year old would think. Yeah. She's a trip. Oh my gosh. I cried when I saw, um, I was pregnant. So I think it's like, a part. but it was also just so cute when I saw the video of her seeing, was it your mom, her grandma for oh yeah, Ricky's first mom. time during COVID. Oh, no. oh my God. That, that was so precious. It was I so know. Precious. She was so happy. Did you guys have a name picked out before she was born? We did. Yeah. Um, we picked out Kira. We wanted something that was, well, first of all, it's Ryan's like, it's always been his favorite name. And 
we wanted something that felt like a little, a little different, but not so different. And all of the other names that we liked were just happened to be really popular. And yeah. so we wanted to go a little bit of a different route. And, um, and then her middle name's Harmony, um, yeah. just for, because of our, us and Harmony and music. And also just like, we felt like in the world, we wanted to have something that represented that time and just feeling like having Harmony in the world would be a good thing. So yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. I want to back up for a second. How old were you when you saw your sisters being so born? I was eight when I saw brother and then I was okay, brother. Um, four, and then I was 12 and then 16. Did your parents encourage that? Or were you curious and wanted to watch that? I think my mom encu- uh, encouraged it. And it's interesting. I didn't even know that it was intense for me at the time. I just kind of like took it in like, okay, here I am. But looking back, I realized like, it was a lot, it was a lot to take in. Um, especially the second one, cause they had some complications. And so I yeah. was like old enough to really understand, but at the end of the day, I'm really glad that I did it because it did give me a confidence and like, it made it a little less unknown for me, that mm-hmm. feeling of, um, just having seen it in a way that's not just in the movies, you know? Yeah. Were you scared watching it? as as young as eight years old and 12 years old. Yeah. I think especially at the, at 12, I was, um, at eight, I almost feel like I was too young to even know to be scared, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but at 12, when they had complications and I I left the room, I think there was some issue with the oxygen or the cord or something like that. And that was scary, but I mean, it's pretty cool to see, like to get to be a part of that, um, and to experience Mm -hmm. like their first moments in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anyone that has watched and maybe I do know them. I just guess I've never asked the question asked that has watched a birth when they were that young. Cause I know the first time I saw it on TV and like health class, I was like, I'm never doing that. There was like a little bit of that for me. I think probably, especially at the first one, like a little bit of that feeling of like, yeah, that, you know, that's gross mom. Like that, that, (laughs) but I think that it was interesting that it made it really real. And like a lot of, I think the anxiety for me with things in life in general is the unknown of things. Um, Mm -hmm. when I have, when there's a situation and it's completely unknown, that's when I have the most anxiety. And so I think that having it be a little more known, I mean, even though, of course you never know how your birth is going to go, but seeing three births that went well at the end of the day, they went well. Um, it made things feel good for me. I have thought though, like, would I, would I have Kira at a birth? Obviously not like if she was two or three, but if there ever were a lot of age difference, I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. My concern is that it would be traumatic for her, even Mm -hmm. though I don't necessarily resonate with that for me. It's like, that's my, my mom fear for her. So I I totally get that. uh, Cause I don't know if it would be traumatic, but I mean, thinking it when you're eight years old or 12 years old, you would think it might be traumatic, but you went to more, you wanted to go to the next birth and the next birth. So it it couldn't have been as traumatic because you still wanted to go, (laughs) you know? Exactly. You could have been like, eh, I think I'll skip out on the second one. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's cool though. Yeah. It's that you got to be there. Yeah, it is. Ultimately, I think it was a really great experience for me. Yeah. And then coming home 
Was anything surprising to you? A couple things. First, it's surprising that they let you go home with the baby from the hospital. That's, I was like, what, what, you're, why are you, why are you comfortable with me taking this child home? You don't know me. Um, So nursing, um, I've actually exclusively breastfed, which has been the most surprising thing for me because I didn't even necessarily intend to do that, but it, she just did not take a bottle well. And so nursing was working for us, but I I think it's been really great in some ways. What was surprising to me is, is how hard nursing is for at least how it was for me. I watched Mm -hmm. my mom and my stepmom like nurse very easily, three kids on each side. And so I expected it to be this walk in the park, but it's hard. There's a lot of challenges. Um, I have had mastitis four times. Um, it it was really hard. I had to, you know, finally take sunflower lecithin to like fix the problems, but yeah, nursing is like this wonderful, incredible thing. But I think for me, it's been one of the most difficult parts of the journey. And that was surprising. And another thing is like the sleep. I thought that I knew what it was like to be tired from being on radio tour and from getting up really early and needing to, and then having her and she just did not sleep well. She didn't like to sleep on her back. So like for the first couple of weeks, Ryan and I took turns holding her every hour and a half at night and like switching back. Oh my gosh. And, and then I realized that I will never complain about being tired again in any other circumstance for the rest of my life. Seriously. Bone tired. And, um, and like, you just think, is this ever going to get better. And then that first night of sleep, that first big chunk you get is just like the greatest moment of your life, you know? Yeah. Is she sleeping better now? She is. Yeah, she okay. is. Well, she'll still wake up. We're teething now. So it's like a couple mm. times a night, but yeah, ultimately she is sleeping better. Yeah. Are you going to take her on the road with you? Yeah, I think we are. Um, I've thought a lot about that too. Like, how is that good for her? Especially if it's like long before thinking out a couple years, like, and what about school and how much are we going to be gone? But I think that I try not to get too far ahead of myself, but yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that a couple of people have told me is just kids are really, they're really adaptable. They're really resilient. And like, as long as they're loved and, you know, mm-hmm. they're getting what they need with interaction. Like, I think we would have to really figure out a way to make sure that she still feels like a kid and that she has other kids around, but our plan is to take her. When you guys start traveling again, right now we've been working on new, new music, um, kind of an, like in a little of a bit of a different, I wouldn't say necessarily full genre, but we've been writing a little bit more just from a place of what kind of music do we want to yeah. make? Kind of feeling like what music do we feel like other people want us to make to fit? So it's been, it's been fun. We've been focusing a lot on that. And, um, I think touring for us would probably be like more like the fall, um, mm-hmm. if it's going to be this year. So well, especially if you come to the Twin Cities, you know that yeah. Kira will have a, a little playmate. Nilly will take care of her and babysit her because she loves little babies. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I cannot wait. It would be so fun to see you. Well, thank you so much. It's <laughs> so good so to much. see you. Yeah, tell Ryan hi. Bye. 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 Bye.